0: on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. A lot to catch you up on from the weekend that was in BYU sports. We'll get you an update on NBA Summer League action for former BYU basketball players. Also, you'll hear from Fessy Satake, BYU wide receivers coach, has a group that needs to step up this year. Does he believe they can do it? You'll hear from him talk about just that on today's edition of the podcast. And of course, other news and notes when the comes to BYU football. Some high praise for Lopini Katoa. Maybe he's a little underrated according to BYU fans. We'll talk about what pro football focus had to say about BYU's running backs and what they expect from Lopini in particular this coming season. So we'll run all that down for you on today's edition of the show brought to you today by our good friends at Twillery. We'll tell you what they're offering our listeners here in a little bit. And a reminder for you guys that this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. The Apple Podcast download page google play spotify stitcher and also the himalaya podcast app if you want to check us out there please follow along and give us a good rating and review if you don't mind as well all right with that let's get going this is the locked on cougars podcast for july 8th 2019 Hi guys, my name is Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for downloading this show on a Monday. Hopefully your week is off to a great start whenever you hear this. And hopefully you guys are having a good summer to this part, uh, to this point, I guess not to this part. It's been a fun weekend, July 4th weekend edition. If you're just getting back into the swing of things after going out of town on vacation, welcome back. Welcome back to reality. But hopefully you guys all had some good downtime and are ready to catch up on everything going on in BYU football news, as well as BYU sports news in general. Uh, let's start things off today talking about an interesting note uh, from Pro Football Focus that came out. Uh, of course, they usually focus on pro football. That's their name, Pro Football Focus. They also have a college page where where they look at uh, collegiate athletes using their metrics and kind of their, their analysis and really grade guys who play at the collegiate level. Uh, this year, uh, this year they've done plenty of stuff focusing on BYU. They've had some stuff on Zach Wilson, but a guy that I think BYU football fans were concerned about and hope that uh, the new grad transfer running back, speaking of, speaking of Emmanuel Asupa and Tyson Williams, coming in, hoping that they could overcome a guy like Lopini Katoa or at least help him uh, really bolster what BYU is doing in the run game. Well, one interesting note that came out from the PFF college uh, page was that the rush grades versus eight plus man boxes, which essentially if you have an eight man box in football parlance means the defense knows you're going to run the ball, plain and simple. If you put eight of 11 defenders in a box and the box in football is defined essentially as a five. 5 Yard deep box that goes about as long as the offensive line slash tight ends are lined up for the offense. So not a very big space, very confined quarters. A lot of uh, a lot of running plays go up into this area. So like I said, an eight man box normally means you have the defense knows that a run is coming at them. Well, they had the rush grades from PFF College for the top running backs who did the best against those eight-man boxes. Jonathan Taylor, who is a preeminent running back, plays for Wisconsin, is a guy who's going to be a longtime pro in my mind, is a Heisman candidate, the most likely in my mind of guys that are not a quarterback to be a Heisman candidate this coming season. He uh, had the highest grade at 87.6, followed by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 84.5, and the number three on that list is Lopini. Katoa with a grade of 84.0 that was very uh, interesting for me to see because Jonathan Taylor like I said plays for Wisconsin Clyde Edwards Hilaire plays for LSU Trey Sermon who's on this list just after Lopini Katoa plays for Oklahoma and then Lopini Katoa is right there at number three Impressive and actually kind of shows maybe that uh, BYU fans are discounting what Lopini Katoa could do for BYU this coming season. This is not to say that Lopini Katoa is going to break out and rush for 1500 yards. A guy like Jonathan Taylor expected to do that. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, maybe so. Trey Sermon, gonna have a big year, no doubt, at Oklahoma. But it is great to see Lopini Katoa's name amongst these top level running backs because that shows that when the defense knows it's coming, when Lopini Katoa knows that the defense knows it's coming, he still is able to gain yardage and that's a good sign for BYU. So I think it shows that Lopini Katoa, despite some of the injury concerns that he's had in the past, and I know there's members of the staff at BYU that have had concerns that he is able to hold up under the rigors of a full college season. Well, you get him some help in the form of Emmanuel Asupa and Tyson Williams, and maybe we're about to see the best of what Lopini Katoa can do for BYU. I'm hopeful that he's able to go out there and show that. That would be awesome to see him go out and have a great uh, junior campaign for BYU and really show what he can do and be complimented by guys like Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Asupa. I think Tyson Williams is more of your uh, all-around big play threat if you do have one of those on BYU's roster as it stands. Uh, Emmanuel Asupa probably best suited to be kind of that short yardage power back you need one yard on a fourth and one or a third and two you need a couple of yards that's Emmanuel Asupa's probably biggest strength is just his ability to put his shoulders down and use that 230 pound battering ram of a body to pick up the yardage well I think Lopini Katoa has got the mixture of all of these guys in his skill set and if this is right if he can produce yardage when there's an eight man box I think we might be able to see the best of what Lopini Katoa can offer this year because they'll be able to keep him fresher and not have to worry about the injury concerns that have plagued him during his career at BYU to this point. So interesting notes coming from PFF College, and I think it's a positive step, when it, well, a positive note, I guess, when it comes to Lopini Katoa. Uh, one thing before we take a break here, come back on the other side, you're going to hear from Fessy Satake, BYU's wide receivers coach on today's podcast we'll get to that in the next segment we got to continue on with our holy war player countdown profile series today we stop on day number 52 and number 52 on the BYU roster is senior defensive lineman Trajan Peely a six foot two 260 pound defensive end who I think has been underrated in his ability to get his job done at the position he plays Trajan uh, listed at 260 pounds I highly doubt he weighs 260 and that's not a bad thing What he's been able to do as an undersized defensive end in that 4-3 scheme BYU has played has been nothing short of remarkable. There are guys blocking him that weigh 300-plus pounds, 320-plus pounds, but he has proven the ability, he has the strength to use his leverage, despite maybe weighing 250 pounds, to hold the edge and make plays for BYU. Is Trajan a true uh, pass rush threat? No. I I, I don't have a hard time saying that at all. But I think his ability to set the edge Edge, be a good run-stopping defensive end, is why he's been so valuable and underrated during his time as a BYU Cougar. He doesn't have eye-popping statistics from his time as a Cougar either. Career totals of 52 total tackles, 5.5 sacks, and 4 quarterback hits in his career. None of that screams, okay, this guy's a star that's going to break out in his senior year for BYU this year, but I think he's part of a deep rotation at BYU's defensive line that should benefit the Cougars going forward. Uh, senior from las vegas nevada has a younger brother keenan peely who's a linebacker for byu expected to do big things there also another co- brother who is committed to play for byu and logan peely so the peely name is going to be one that's i think going to be associated with byu for the foreseeable future and expectations are that they'll be solid players if not spectacular players in their own right uh, trajan is a guy who is a he's got a older i guess what do you call it? A second cousin almost? Efo Peely, if anybody remembers that name, is his dad's cousin. Efo, of course, played at Mountain View High School in Orham, Utah before a career at BYU in the late 90s and early 2000s. But I really like what Trajan Peely has been able to do despite his size limitations as a defensive end for BYU. And I think that's going to pay benefits for BYU. Zach Dawes going to be on that defensive line rotation, uh, Devin Kafusi, Uriah Leatawa, Alden Tofa. There's a lot of names that are expected to contend for minutes at defensive end for BYU. But one thing that I think sets Trajan Peely apart from the rest of the guys on that roster, like I said, is his ability to set the edge on run sets in particular, despite being undersized for the position. So I'm expecting that Trajan will have another solid year as another solid senior campaign. And here's hoping that he goes out and has the uh, senior year that he wants to have and has a good finish to his BYU career. All right, there you go. Trajan Peely number 52 in our Holy war player countdown. We're down to day number 51 tomorrow. We're almost halfway there folks. We've done this from day 100 counting you all the way down and it's been a blast to bring it to you. So get excited people. Football is on the way. All right, we will step aside here, come back with Fessy Satake, let you hear from him, talk about the wide receiver position at BYU, a group that needs to step up this year and help out Zach Wilson and the rest of the offense. You'll hear from uh, Fessy and his thoughts on his senior Leighton crew all of a sudden coming up next. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about today's sponsor on the podcast, and that is our good friends at Twillery. T-W-I-L-L-O-R-Y. Go to twillery.com and help them or let them help help you restock the shirts in your closet. They make it as easy as restocking the soda in your fridge. Easy, affordable, and the perfect fit, and all of that is guaranteed. Toilery offers non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more. They have free shipping and returns, so you can try on any of their shirts risk-free. After all, as they like to say, feeling is believing. Uh, Shirts are a commodity. They want to make sure stocking up your closet goes as smooth as possible. The shirts they are offering go for $100 plus at other retailers they're offering for as low as $55 a shirt so go to twillery.com slash locked on to check out what they're offering all of our listeners no matter what kind of shirt you have to wear to the office each day a dress shirt a button up whatever you have to do they've got you taken care of they include a free brush nickel collar stays with each shirt that they send you. They are fantastic shirts. They're non iron They're cool. They're comfortable. It's going to be 100 degrees in Utah for the first time this week. So get on this. Get some shirts that are going to make you feel cool, comfortable, and collected. When you're at the office or out and about Once again, you can go to Twillery.com Use that promo code LOCKEDON L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N For $25 off your initial order And once again Free shipping and returns so You give them your sizes It comes to you If it doesn't fit Send it back There's no risk In checking out what Twillery.com Can help you out with With your shirt selection In your closet So once again Check them out Twillery.com Use that promo code LOCKEDON For $25 off more in a moment this is locked on cougars are Locked On Cougars. A reminder for you guys, when you guys are out and about driving around town, dropping your kids off at work, or you're making your commute to or from work, regardless of what it is, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Cougars, and we'll be right there with you for the drive and keeping you up to date on everything going on in BYU sports. A reminder for you guys, when you do get in your car, tell your smart device, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and that way you always stay up to date with the latest in BYU news with this daily podcast, all covering BYU. All right, without further ado, let's get to it. Fessy Satake, BYU wide receivers coach, enters his second season as a member of the BYU football coaching staff. And I really enjoy talking to Fessy every time we talk to him. Insightful, engaging, funny. He's got it all, guys. So here you go. Fessy Satake talking with myself and some of the other local media members about the BYU wide receiver position core right here on Locked on Cougars. What did you learn your first year here? I know you've been coaching for a while, yeah. but you're here in
1: particular, what did you learn? I think one of the biggest things I learned that comes to mind is that, you know, last year there was so much focus on us being a new staff. There was uh, people were highlighting the, the years of experience on staff, previous multiple previous coordinators and all that stuff, which there was truth to all of it, but one of the major challenges is what's the perfect recipe? And I think you saw we saw glimpses of that last year where, you know, we had to kind of change a little bit of the offense. We went wholesale and changed some things up and switched personnel. And, you know, it was, it was good learning for all of us. And, and I think one major difference this year is that we're, we're much more on track. We know who we are, what we want to do. We don't have to be so much week-to-week basis. And so our conversations have been much more... Um, you know, I think much more efficient, much more impactful because we know what we are and we don't have to focus on, you know, all these different ideas, which we had to do last year. It's just part of being, you know, year one and a new staff. So I think that was that was the biggest thing I learned is that no matter what, no matter how many years you have on staff or how many coordinators, whenever it's year one for a new staff that's coming together on any side of the ball, there's a steep learning curve and you have to work through a lot of kinks and different ideas to find out really what what fits your identity and, and the personnel
0: that you have in front of you. Your position group was one of the more relatively healthy and intact groups of spring ball. What did you learn coming out of that that you've kind of looked at just looking back on film at this time of year? Was you ready for the season? What did you learn from that?
1: That they're ready to go. They're they're playing playing with a new level of confidence. They're all stronger, faster, bigger. Newton and the staff has done a great job with them in the summer and the spring. Um, They know the playbook so much better now. There's this, there's this extra confidence and swag that they're playing with. And so as I look back at film, there's a lot of things. You know, sometimes they were playing timid, and that could have been a reflection of a lot being thrown at them, me as a coach, and them trying to figure me out, and a lot of different factors. But now I think this is just a much more fluid learning curve, and
0: I'm anxious. I'm, I'm ready to watch that. So. You had Dylan as your graduate transfer. Right? I think he was a long senior on, yeah. in your group. yeah. What kind of impact did he have? I know you have more seniors this year. But what kind of impact did he have on these guys coming up there with the young guys? Yeah, I think the biggest
1: thing hands down, the biggest Mark Dillon left was how to work. Um, he had this, he had this crazy work ethic. I know he's going to be successful in life just because he was, he was the one guy that sticks out to me from day one to the last game of the year. That was the exact same. And there were so many moments he could have just crumbled and folded, and you know, you could have seen the. the you know, bad side of him come out, and maybe, I know he was hurting inside sometimes um, with his production, but in terms of how he worked, it didn't affect any of that, so that's one thing I'm going to miss, and, but, but he left a strong enough mark that he doesn't need to be here for another year, I think, I think he was such a good example of that, that the guys realize, oh, okay, that's how you do it. So. One of the interviews that struck me today is uh, I've talked to Lev and He always seems kind of yeah. joking. This is really serious today. Yeah, yeah.
0: Has
1: he been to change? I mean, was it just today? Or it's, it... it's called a girlfriend. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 so, no, he, uh, tell him to loosen up. No, it's true. I, I think what you're seeing is just uh, more of a, a, a leadership role that he's taking on. And he, more importantly, he actually feels qualified now. I think last year maybe there was just a little bit of um, inadequacy just because he's maybe never had that role. He's, He's always been a leader in terms of just making plays. But in terms of what we're asking for, I want him to step out. I want him to be a little bit uncomfortable. I want him to be vocal now. You know, you always hear people, I, I told Aleva this, that you hear some people say that, oh, well, not all leaders are vocal. And there's definitely truth to that. But what's wrong with being vocal if you're not a vocal guy? True leaders really st- take a step out of their comfort zone. And I'm not I'm not someone who believes in just being a leader one way. A leader is someone who, who, who uh, you know, can cover all those facets. So that's something Aleva has done, and I think that's, that's added some confidence to him because he's doing some things as a leader that maybe he has Done in the past, so I think what you're seeing is a reflection of him just just really taking on that role a lot more, and, and I'm excited to see what that translates into. Um, I think he's going to be a more consistent player because of it, um, more dynamic player, and he's just got to stay healthy. And um, but I'm glad you see that. And like I said, I think the other part of it is just because he's got a serious. Problem. <laughs>
0: There's. That's great. I'll make sure to use that on him. Gunner, of course, was. A lot of hype coming into last season. Of course, had those injuries that slowed him down. I think a lot of people expect him now that he's healthy this year to step into kind of the limelight is that yeah. what you have the same expectation yeah. for him? yeah absolutely and I think last year was
1: there's so much anticipation about him and it's just like no one could see that through because he had the injury book. and so this year once again new and the staff have done a great job he has a new level of confidence just because he hasn't gotten hurt now he's, he's bigger stronger he's faster and you're seeing that in the way he plays so I'm expecting this year to be a, a break a breakout year for Gunner um, because not just because he's healthy and he has all these these uh, intangibles and these, the skill set. He is all football. That I loves football. He eats, breathes, and sleeps it. Always wants to come meet and talk football. And so I, he's just he's so intentional at his craft. And I think more than anything, that's one of the reasons why he'll have a breakout year on top of just being healthy.
0: So. we are talking to Aaron. <laughs> He said that Baylor might be one of the best athletes on the team. Yeah. Whereas is Gunner and him, or do they go back and forth in your mind, or who's better? Um, well, <laughs> I think Baylor's more. Gunner's the better receiver. Okay.
1: Baylor's the well, the more well-versed athlete. Okay. Can do, can do more things differently. Gunner's more of the specialized in in one type deal. So um, I think that's what it is. If you ask him who wins in a fight, I've, which I've done with both of them, they, they're no matter what you can ask him any question, they just gonna point the finger to themselves. So I'll give you the cold hard truth: Gunner's the better receiver. Okay. Baylor can do more, but when you ask them, Baylor will say he's the better receiver. Gunner will say he's the better athlete. So, <laughs>
0: uh, in terms of when it comes to the wide receiving core, Matt Bushman's led the team in receiving the last two years yeah. in terms of yards, catches, all ones. Have you challenged your guys this year to be like, hey, take that away from me? Yeah. Have you have you had that conversation or do you think
1: Yeah, not not so much that route, just because um, it's hard, like things change every week. I, I always I'm always cautious of Putting um, putting numbers on things just because we don't control that. Um, more than anything, too, I also don't want to. Um, I don't want it to turn. I don't ever want there to be a battle within an offense. So, but one thing I do want is, hey, let's up completely up our level of catches. What that number is, I don't want to. I don't want to set this, you know false expectation for them. Um, but that's one thing we definitely can do as a group that I challenge them is let's get a lot more production out of our bus. And how many catches, how many yards, how many touchdowns that turns into, I don't know. Let's, let's, let's make a point that, that let's get the ball done, you know what I mean and then when it doesn't let's still increase our production in terms of when we are on the field no drops, making sure we don't have any pre-snap penalties, all that stuff combined as well. We can also be productive in other ways than just what your catches, yards, and touchdowns are. So That's kind of more the route I've gone with these guys and I know I, I feel that they're on board with
0: that and are ready for the, for the challenge. What kind of role can Talon and Micah have this year as seniors? They've been through this program for quite some time. What yeah. can they do for your group?
1: I think in, in, in adding a level into that group yeah. as well of seniors, in talking to those three, the biggest thing is is what what impact what mark are you going to leave on these guys? Um, each one of those three that you talked about, all are great young men. They have crazy work ethic, but each one of them have a different type of personality and a different skill set. That all these guys can learn something from. And so for for me, my message for them was: take what your strengths are. You know, talent, the type of he received, the receiver he is, Lev and Mica. Each one of them are so different. Um, Micah's, you know, a lot more outgoing. You know, Micah's on one end of the spectrum. Talon's completely on the other end of the spectrum. It's hard for him to, you know, to get him to smile. But he loves the game just as much as Micah does. And so I think there's something to learn. Every, everyone ticks and clicks with a different type of guy. And so I just told them, thrive in that role as a senior and don't take for granted that, you know, you got young guys that, that can learn a lot from you. And I, I think they've done a great job so far at this point.
0: There you go, Fessy Satake and... It's kind of funny to hear him talk about HIFO and he's got a serious girlfriend now, so he's taking things a lot more seriously. I don't think that's necessarily going to make hefo a better player, and that's not to say that girlfriends distract you, because they can, but there's always been guys, it, it kind of goes one way or the other. Some guys get distracted from what they're doing, or other guys, it helps them focus in and do things better. I think HIFO is a potential pro at the NFL level, could play slot receiver. He's got all the ability in the world, in my mind, to play at the next level. Level, and we'll see if he's able to capitalize on that. You also heard uh, Fessy Satake talk there that he's challenging his guys to go out and have the wide receiving core be the leading receivers for BYU this year, take that title away from Matt Bushman, who's led BYU in receiving for the last two years, and he wants his guys to do that. Uh, guys like Micah Simon and, Ta- and Talon Shumway, he wants to step up. Of course, the news about Neil Pau'u uh, and his legal situation is, of course, uh, concerning, and it will thin the depth for BYU wide receivers receiver regardless of what ultimately plays out in that circumstance but interesting here from Fessy Satake that he's challenging these guys and he thinks that guys like Gunnar Romney are ready to make the step and make that leap and really become key cogs in the BYU offense I think that should excite BYU fans. All right, so thanks again to Fessy Satake for talking with me and some of the local media. We'll have plenty more of these interviews over the coming days and weeks as we count you down to uh, fall camp at the end of this month. It's crazy. July 29th is when players report for fall camp so we are not too far away folks. Get ready Football is on the way. All right, one thing to note before we go is if your company wants to reach an upscale male audience, then you should be advertising with this podcast, Locked On Cougars. To get your company connected with our audience, which is thousands of BYU fans, both nationwide and even globally, email us at lockedonbyu at gmail.com or email locked at lockedonpodcast.com to get more details about increasing your business with the Locked On Podcast Networks and this podcast in particular. Particular, locked On Cougars. More in a moment. You are Locked On Cougars. as we close out today's edition of Locked On Cougars, I want to thank you guys once again for your continued support of the podcast. It's a blast to bring this to you guys each and every day, so thanks again for downloading the show. Please give us a good rating and review if you don't mind on whichever podcast platform you are listening to. Those five-star reviews, particularly on Apple Podcasts, are worth their weight in podcast gold, so thanks again in advance for doing that. All right, let's talk about NBA Summer League action. A number of former Cougars participating in Las Vegas as the NBA Summer League is getting underway of course they had earthquakes that canceled several late games on Saturday kind of a scary situation there at the Thomas and Max Center in the Cox Pavilion in Las Vegas but they deemed them safe to play in and they've continued on with the NBA Summer League Eric Mika playing for the Sacramento Kings had nine points on four of six shooting from the field also added seven rebounds as this Kings topped uh, the Chinese pro team at NBA Summer League 94 to 77 on Saturday Mika also added three steals and assists and had some dunks in these games. I retweeted them on my Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. You can go see that. He had a good showing there. Uh, former BYU Cougar Elijah Bryant had four points, three rebounds, two assists, and a steal as the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Atlanta Hawks 89-83. Bryant played 19 minutes and started his second straight game for the Bucks in that contest. He had actually a much better game the night before. I believe seven points and eight rebounds or something that effect in the other game for the Bucks on Friday night. So good to see you. Elijah having an opportunity to prove what he can do in the starting lineup for the Bucks. He's got to show the ability to shoot the three consistently, but he's been very active early on in NBA Summer League action. You see a lot of these guys, they understand, hey, this is a tryout. I'm not trying out just for the team I'm playing for. There are scouts from 30 other teams or 29 other teams that are evaluating me. So a guy like Elijah Bryant's got to show everything he can do in the minutes he's afforded on the court. So good to see that. And then one other note, uh, with Jimmer Fredette uh, reportedly going to find other opportunities, former Lone Peak star Frank Jackson, a guy who was committed to BYU at one point, he went off for 30 points for the New Orleans Pelicans on Friday. Then he sat out with a DMP injury or illness in their game on Saturday against the Washington Wizards. So we'll see what happens with Frank. He's a pro who's been in the league for quite some time, has had some injury concerns that have limited his minutes early on in his career but having a good showing in summer league can never hurt uh, when you're trying to kind of prove what you can do to your new to your coaching staff and the front office there with the New Orleans Pelicans. So all three of those guys who are connected with BYU, Mika Bryant and Jackson are back in action on Monday. Uh, Mika and the Kings are taking on the Mavericks at 1.30pm Mountain Time on NBA TV Bryant and the Bucks will play the Raptors at 5 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPNU and then Jackson and the Pelicans face off against the Chicago Bulls at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, also on NBA TV, if you want to tune in and watch those players play. All right, thanks again for joining us on today's edition of the podcast. We'll be back all week long. Daily podcasts, as we continue to catch you down towards the Holy War. It's a blast to be with you guys each and every day, and thank you guys once again for your support of the podcast. A reminder for you guys if you are looking to advertise with the podcast, email us at lockedonbyu at gmail.com or at locked at lockedonpodcast.com. would love to hear from you there and let you know what we can do to help your company brand or item or whatever product you have out there on the marketplace also a reminder for you that today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends at twillery.com go to twillery.com slash locked on and use that promo code locked on for $25 off to restock the shirts in your closet and also, a reminder for you guys follow the show on social media Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Locked On Cougars. Also, follow me, Jacob C. Hatch, on Twitter as well. We'll catch you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Cougars for July 8th, 2019.